My subject today is the refrain of the age, the refrain of age. It's like a, a chorus. It's uh, something that is, in, in music, a refrain has to do with a phrase or a verse that is recurring at various intervals over and over. Um, it's a song or a poem, it's like that. Or it's a comment or a statement uh, that is repeated often. And there is a, a, the spirit of the world is always repeated and often, it's over and over and over. And I want to deal with that today because my subject of the series is the church. Because I think that the church, many of us, don't seem to know who we are and we don't seem to know what we have and we don't seem to know what we can do we have become so intertwined in the world system we're not even aware of it we've been co-opted co-opted i know that because the lord spoke to me in 2011 and in one area of my life he said you've been co-opted and i thought co-opted what in the world is he talking about and so i, I began to just really research and find out what that was and somebody who takes you and maybe inducts inducts you into their little group to neutralize you to dilute you or to take what you have or to change your way of thinking and, and, and your way of processing. And the church has had that done to her. I'm telling you, the church has, it's not my opinion, the church has had that done. And so uh, it, is, it gives me great pleasure to tell you who you are uh, and what the church is. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.21, to him, speaking of God, be glory in the church. ESV says, in Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. So God's desire is to do something in you, but by Christ Jesus, the, the New King James says, but in Christ Jesus, by Christ Jesus, in every generation, forever and ever. That blows me away. I ask for at least one Pentecostal to come to church sometimes. I, I, I want one to come, you know. Uh, you know. Yeah, just one. I, I, I want one to come. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you guys are just so, so, so sophisticated and educated. In First Tim, First Timothy, three fifteen. So Paul teaches us who the church is. I mean, Jesus has told us, "On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell or Hades will not shall not prevail against it." So that means that the church is undefeatable. Um, but not the church as you may suppose, but the church of, of God, the church of Jesus Christ is an undefeatable, unbreakable, unstoppable, unshakable church. That's who, it are, who, who we are. And so don't get, be all messed up because something happens bad. Something happens bad, you know, and you think, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to trust in God like you did before the thing happened. That's what, what you are and who you are and how you, you should comport yourself. But Paul tells us we are the house of God in this passage in 315. He tells us we are the house of God. So we are God's dwelling place. I don't know what that does for people, but these kinds of things affect me. You know, they affect me. It affected me when I saw you this morning and, and I, I felt like my heart was, tri was trembling to just to say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I think, what is, is life going to be like when we see Jesus? If Jesus doesn't give a particular command and say, peace, be cool. You know, we, the heaven's going to be tore up when we get there, when we see Jesus. And that's, 
That's how I was feeling with you. We are the house of God, God's dwelling place. Now, maybe you're just any kind of old house, but for me to think that God wants to live in, wanted to live in me, that's so too big for my mind. It's too big for me that God lives in me. Wow. Some of us don't know that we have not really accepted that, and that's why we don't comport ourselves very well. All right, I'll keep on. We are also, according to scripture, the church of the living God. So we are the house of God. And, he, and if we didn't understand that, Paul says the church of the living God. Amen. We're the church of the living God. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so the living God, the eternal God lives in us. And he says, and also the church is, what? The pillar and ground of the truth. Not of a truth. That is not your truth, my truth. No, there's one truth. And you and, you and I are the pillar and ground of the truth. The house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And so, by definition, we are more than we generally think. But some of us, we have other thinking there. We have other thinking, and we have to deal with that thinking because there is a refrain, a repeated something out there. It's called, it's from the spirit of this age. It is the spirit of the world. It is not of God. And, and what it does is it contests God. I would like for you to read the bulletin article. If you have not read it, we have an online bulletin. Just go there and read it online because of, of this uh, virus. We have, we have not disseminated the other. But go and read that bulletin message. I want you to read it. You need to read it. And, it. and he says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 15, this king Nebuchadnezzar had said, and this is the spirit of the age. This is where it, it comes from. He says, who is the God? who will deliver you from my hands. So this king had grown to be very, very powerful. Every uh, kingdom that he attacked, he defeated. And so he asked the question, who is the God uh, who, who will deliver you from my hands? And so this refrain has been echoed over and over throughout the ages. This is the spirit and the voice of the age. Who is God? So you can, you know, they, people will invite us in the world with, uh, uh, in the world through, uh, with various funds to attend various functions. They will invite us to, to do that, and, and they want us to be nice and, and behave ourselves. They, they don't want us to act up, you know, like uh, be nice and polite, and and uh, don't ever don't get too serious about things. Uh, don't mention Jesus, by the way. We don't want to hear anything about Jesus. That's what the world is. That's a spirit, it's the same spirit that says, you know, who is this God? And that's what the, the world system is doing to all of us and in our, in our presence. Now, you, we hear from Nebuchadnezzar, but I want you to, to look at something from Pharaoh. And so, but our God is a proven deliverer. And Pharaoh is going to soon find out in this, in this text. In Exodus chapter 5, verse 2, Pharaoh says, who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice uh, to let Israel go. I do not know the Lord. He was right. Nor will I let Israel go. Now, that's the world. The world system does not know the Lord. The world system and the church are antithetical. 
They are polar opposites. Why do people try to make the church a partner with the world system? I don't understand that. You can't really know the Lord. It's like Pharaoh. They, they are like oil and water. They don't mix. They're, they're, it's like East and West. They never come together. No, the world system is, is enmity against God. The world system hates God. Wow. But we are the church of the living God. We are, we are, are where God receives glory. He doesn't receive glory only by us or through us. He receives glory in us. Wow. It's amazing. God is amazing. And so Pharaoh knows. He's going to know because in the, in the text, in the biblical text, Pharaoh continues to res resist God. He resists Moses. He resists God. So he resists God, and he res resists God through the servant of God. So it's not like you can resist God just in some nebulous way, some in the clouds way. You resist God when you resist God's messengers. So you can't resist God's messengers and say, but I accept God, I just don't accept the messenger. Now, everybody who says he or she is a messenger is not. So let's deal with this refrain of the ages. It wants, it wants to shut down God, godliness, and of course, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But, is, but Israel was let go by Pharaoh, but it cost him his son's life. He would not let... Israel go. It cost him not only his son's life, but everybody he was leading. It cost them all their lives because of his badness. The spirit of the age was echoing through him. It cost Nebuchadnezzar to lose his mind for seven years. And he ate grass like a cow, like an ox. His fingernails grew long and his toenails grew long. It rained on him like it rains on a beast of the field. I'm saying to you that you and I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is no ordinary time. No ordinary time. If you think this is ordinary, you, you are wrong. I'm not saying that you are a terrible enemy, but you are certainly wrong. It is not that way. But, but Nebuchadnezzar, after the seven-year prophecy was up, he came to himself. His mind came back to him. And what did he do? The first thing he did was he acknowledged the God that he had defied. The church of Jesus Christ is a special entity. There is no, nothing in the earth realm like the church. Whenever somebody like God, like Jesus says, upon this rock, upon himself, I will build. Listen, if you're here today and you believe that it's Peter, you're just wrong. No, Peter was always, he was still wavering several years later in Antioch. But it's on, on, on this rock of Jesus Christ, I will build my church, Jesus says, and the gates of Hades, the authority of Hades, all that hell has cannot, will not, shall not prevail against it. That's who we are. We, had, we sang the song, Sister Stephanie, earlier, a way maker. You're a miracle worker. Help me with that promise keeper. L light in the darkness. That's who you are. That's who you are. And as he is, so are we in this world. That's the church of the living God. That's the church of the living God. We have some, well, somehow, maybe sometimes inadvertently on our part, 
very much intentional on Satan's part, reduce the church to being another organization except we're going to heaven. We're, we're greater than that. We're better than that. We're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. We're more than that. And no matter how the spirit of the age cries out, we're greater than that. Let me tell you the, the, the third one who was Sennacherib uh, in Isaiah chapter 36, Sennacherib, uh, the king of Assyria, who was defeating all the nations of the world, defeating them, them all, and he came up uh, against Judah, the southern kingdom. Israel had already been um, uh, taken captive, but now he comes against Judah. And in uh, the, and, and the King James, it talks about uh, this field commander, the general, uh, for Sennacherib, they called him the Rabshakeh, the Rabshakeh. Uh, he was the field commander, and he was speaking to them in their own language and telling them he was speaking the words of Sennacherib. And uh, verse 18, I will begin. He says, Beware, lest Hezekiah persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. And I've heard Christians saying things like, Well, well, this, this Bishop Gerald Glenn was all wrong because he said God was bigger than coronavirus. It, one of the huge mistakes that we Christians make is that if somebody says something that sounds good, it tickles our, our little fancy, our soul, we just follow after it. Come on, God is bigger than coronavirus. I don't care if I have coronavirus. I'm like Gerald. I wouldn't, if I die from coronavirus, I, I mean, with the coronavirus, that's a possibility, but I will not die from coronavirus. No, I may die with it. I won't die from it. Yeah. I may die with cancer, but I'm, I don't die from it because our times are in his hands. Yes, we are in the hands of the almighty God. Jesus' son has told us we're in his hands and nobody can snatch us away. And then he says, you're in my father's hands. Certainly nobody can take you from my God, my father's hand. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? So, so the, 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 uh, the field commander said, don't let Hezekiah, don't let your, the preacher, he was the king, of course, but don't let the pastor persuade you. Don't let the pastor tell you that, he's, that, that, that uh, you're going to be all right. I'm telling you, you're going to be all right. I'm telling you, you're going to be all right. No matter what happens, you're going to be all right. Yeah, you're going to be all right. You already have everlasting life w working in you. You're not going to get everlasting life one day. Oh, one day I'll receive. No, you have everlasting life right now. If Christ is in you, you have everlasting life. Amen. So anyway, this, this field commander on, went on to say, has any one of the gods of the nations delivered this land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their countries from my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. But they held their peace. And answer him not a word, for the king's commandment was do not answer him. So don't, don't, don't dialogue with the devil. Have no dialogue with the devil. Don't, don't have a conversation with the devil. Tell him to get out of here, but don't have a conversation with him. And so what happened to this man, this, this uh, Sennacherib, this king, he went back to his own country. Uh, God caused a rumor to, have, to, to, to start, and he went back to his own country, and he died there in his own land by the hands of his sons. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you, if you are a kingdom person, continue to be kingdom, it's going to be all right. 
God is, de is dealing with everything in the, in the world. What God is doing right now, please hear me, God is revealing who we are. I told you last year, uh, I, I had this prophetic utterance, uh, and I gave you a word. I didn't, I didn't wear all back and shout it out. But I told you that, that this next coming decade is a pivotal decade. I remember, you remember. And uh, we, have, we have seen this thing bigger than what even I was thinking. But I knew it would be pivotal, but I thought God would give us a few months. He just gave us a few hours. Come straight up with you. And if you don't take this thing seriously, man, you're going to be a part of our problem. Okay, let me keep preaching. Let me keep preaching. So, so, so this, thing, this time is a time of revealing who you are. So the world is showing us who it is. Don't you get all spastic and start to try to cor correct and tweak the world. No, it's showing you who you are too. Where are your loyalty? Where is your loyalty? And where are your allegiances? Wow. Let's look at the rulers of this age. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 8. This is Paul talking. And uh, I, I want to strengthen you through the word of God. I want you to be strong in the, in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to be strong. And don't just hear these as words, but know that these are words that God sends to you. And these are words that I believe are already in you, but you don't quite always know that. That's why when sometimes something is said, you go, I knew that, but I didn't know that, but I knew that, you know, that's because these words are in you because God is in you through Jesus. Verse one says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So in this statement, Paul is, is testifying uh, by the spirit that Jesus Christ is the answer and the solution for everything. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I didn't come with a, a clever way of speaking and all these particular plans. I didn't come with that. I, I just came to, I didn't come with that. I just determined not to know anything except Jesus. He said, what I brought you was Jesus Christ. Yes, I gave you various uh, attributes and I gave you aspects of Christ, but I brought Christ to you in everything that I had. And that's all you needed. Whenever I, and many years ago, when I was in this city preaching that Jesus is all you need, even some pastors came, were coming against me. And people were saying, what does he mean? Jesus, oh, that's not true. Yes, it is true. It was true then, it's true now. Yeah. Amen. Verse 3 says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, this is, is very informative because he's, saying, he's showing you that God did not need an Arnold Schwarzenegger to preach the gospel. You're powerful like Arnold, you know, or, or you're some, uh, some great hero, or Michael Jordan, you know, or you're a Larry Bird or a Tiger Woods or somebody, and a kind of a, a preacher. That's what we love. We don't love preachers who are with people. Speech is not impressive. They're not trying to be all some great orator. And uh, they're, they're, they're showing their human weaknesses, their frailties. They're showing that they must live God-dependent life. We want people who act not like the world acts. And that, they don't need God because they got enough of themselves, you know. But, but hey, Paul wasn't like that. Neither am I. Notice what he says. And my speech, listen. And my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
So God, God deliberately calls leaders that you wouldn't choose. He deliberately does that. Calls leaders you wouldn't choose. Now, a lot of the leaders that you would choose, they may not, they may not be from God. We want Hollywood people. We want sports figures. That's not who God chooses. God chose a little ruddy, red-headed boy named David, a little boy that his own daddy didn't bring to the meeting when, he, when Samuel said, I'm, I want to anoint, I'm going to anoint, God sent me to anoint one of your boys king. He didn't even think about him. God said, I thought about him. That's how God is. He chooses people like Elijah and Elisha. He chooses a man, a Moses, raises, raises him up in Pharaoh's house to deal with Pharaoh's house. But he was in the house, but he was not of Pharaoh's house. Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus, somebody. So when we see God's vessels do not look like the world's leaders because the world's leaders are self-reliant. God's leaders live God-dependent lives. They live God-dependent lives. That's who God calls. Weakness, look, fear, much trembling. Speech is not all that great. And my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but of the Spirit and of power. So Luke tells us in Luke chapter 16, verse 15, he says, for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So when you see all this, this, this worship of athletes and various ones, he says, these things, they're highly esteemed among men, but they're an abomination in the sight of God. So wisdom then, speaking of God's wisdom, wisdom uh, of God is understanding, having understanding in reference to God. So wisdom of God's wisdom is having understanding in reference to God. Human wisdom is in reference to man. So then God, when you, when you have godly wisdom, you got that from God. When I was a young man in my 20s, I remember saying, asking the Lord, and, and I love a seminary, and I wish I had like all kinds of degrees. I wish I could just study, have studied and studied and studied. But the Lord told me, no, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. And, and so, yes, I, I have studied much, much in my life, but I always say I'm homeschooled by God. I have been homeschooled by God. But God's ways are not our ways. And the human wisdom does not supersede God's wisdom. God's wisdom supersedes human wisdom. Let me read verse 6 for you. He, Paul says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. Okay, we don't speak the wisdom of the age. Believers, you need to hear this. Don't speak the wisdom of the age, that wisdom that you can do it with a, uh, just a good education. You, or you can overcome it, you know, just by the, the, the company you keep or, or the clothes you wear. That's not correct. You know, those things will get you so far, but not where we need to be. He says, 
We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age. Listen, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And what Paul is saying is the rulers of this world, of this age, do have, they do have some kind of wisdom, but it's coming to nothing. It's human wisdom. It's what I would call local wisdom. Just good for a few little things. He says here, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, ordained before the ages for our glory. Whoa, how big is that? We speak the hidden wisdom of God. We speak wisdom that everybody doesn't have, everybody can't see. It's not accessible. He said we, he did it for our glory. So that, what does it mean for our glory? So that we would be distinguishable from those in the world. When our speech would be different than those in the world. Don't, don't copy those in the world. No, let them emulate you. That's what he's saying here. And so he says, he says, that none of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom that we have. He says, which none of the rulers of the age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He said, if they really had wisdom from God, they would never have crucified Jesus. They were leaders, and I know some of us will follow secular leaders more than we will our pastor. I'm not talking about you in this church. I'd hate to have somebody walk out on me. No, but some, some Christians, real, will follow secular leaders more than they will their pastor. They will do it more than they will their godly friend. And today, this day in which we are living, it's, it's pervasive. Pervasive. That there, there are divisions in the church over stuff that's happening in the world. What a shame. The hidden wisdom that Paul is talking about is in Christ. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. <laughs> well, if you're still living, you can set your mind on things on the earth. But for those who died, he says, don't do it. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is that's wisdom. This is the wisdom he's talking about. That we have this hidden wisdom. Why? It is, it is in Christ, in God. Wow. Wow. So this is making the difference. The elephant in the room is that the church is being revealed for being the true church. And those perpetrators are being revealed as perpetrators. In the world, what is being revealed is that America, I'm not American bashing, don't you dare leave here and don't you dare touch that device. I love this nation. I always tell you, as a kid, we, 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 we uh, stood for the national anthem in our home. I, I, I would say most of you never did. We stood in our home. We were so proud to be Americans. We were, we were proud of that. And we weren't always treated well either. But we're still proud of it. America is the best of, that the world has to offer. The world system 
cannot offer anything better than America. We can go throughout the world and we, we don't see anything better than America. And the best of the world system has to offer is crumbling yeah. under injustice. That's the best. That's not American bashing. That's a preacher talking. I'm preaching. It's amazing. So, so a believer, believe what you see. The best the world system can offer is failing. We're kingdom around here, folks. We're kingdom around here, folks. Hallelujah. James tells us that earthly wisdom does not descend from heaven, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. No wonder we have problems. <laughs> we elect leaders all over the spectrum that are earthly, sensual, and demonic. Uh, this, this, what, this is what the Word of God says. If, if you don't take the Word of God, mm, but the wisdom that is from above is first, first pure, yes. then it's peaceable, yes. it's gentle, yes. willing to yield, yes. full of mercy yes. and good fruits yes. without partiality yes. and without hypocrisy. Yes. That's what the word of God said. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. But, but 1 Corinthians tells us that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given us. We have not received the spirit of the world, the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. That's who we are. I'm gonna ask if there's anybody in this house today, you've come, you're one of our guests, and uh, you have not received Christ as your savior. You can do it right now and receive this hidden wisdom that is by the Holy Spirit. The world rulers did not have the Holy Spirit, therefore they, they were alien to this wisdom that we have. Wow. We're, we're, I'm telling you, the sons of God are amazing. They're going to be more powerful and amazing than, than ever. Amen. So I want to give, lead those of you who are in our audience by uh, television or one of our uh, online platforms. I want you, if you need Jesus, you want Jesus to be your Savior. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will but not be put to shame. This is the word of God for you. We love you.